California extends its travel ban on state employees to red states with 105 million citizens. Gwen Berry milks her anti-American moment for all it's worth. And the Supreme Court decides to leave girls unprotected in their locker rooms. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their internet. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Before we get to all the news, first, a quick reminder, you are spending too much money on your cell phone bill if you have not switched over to Pure Talk USA, which is why so many of you already have. In fact, another thousand of you, my extremely wise listeners, have already made the switch from your overpriced wireless carrier to Pure Talk over the past couple of months. What exactly are the rest of you waiting for? If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get the same great coverage because they use the exact same towers as one of the big carriers. You can even keep your phone and your number. You will save a fortune. By the way, Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best customer service team based right here in America. Why? Well, because they give you exactly what you need and they're not going to overcharge you for it. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for 30 bucks a month. And you're saying to yourself, well, what about if I use seven gigs of data? Well, here's the thing. If you go over on the data, they're not going to charge you for it. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started. When you do, you save 50% off your very first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro to get started. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. All righty. So California has now announced that its employees cannot travel on the state dime to Florida and four other red states. What we are watching in the United States is a slow motion breakup. Now, that does not mean that there is going to be like a hot civil war in which American American citizens are shooting at each other or firing mortars at each other or something. What it does mean is that the states are coming apart. We have two separate countries and they are becoming more red and more blue, respectively, over time. And that is why federal politics are so unbelievably unworkable right now, because there is just a different set of priorities on each side of the ledger. Now, normally, the solution to that, if you wish to maintain a country, would be to have a small federal government whose job it is to basically enforce only the most important and rudimentary of individual rights. It would not be the job of the federal government to get involved in each and every decision in your life, because obviously California lives differently than Florida. Instead, the blue states will not allow that to happen. The blue states wish to cram down their lifestyle on the red states. Understand that we are living in a time of rising authoritarianism, and the great authoritarian threat is not relegated solely to the extreme right, In fact, it has taken over the mainstream left. The mainstream left would love to control the lives of the people who live under its auspices. They'd love to control the federal government and cram down those federal standards on states that disagree with them. And decentralization and federalism would be an excellent solution to this, but the left will not abide that. So look at California and understand that if you live in a red state, it's not just that California wants to separate off from you. It's that California wishes you to live as they live. California is not merely saying we don't want to do business with the state of Florida, for example. California is saying we also would love to run the federal government and make sure that Florida cannot act like Florida acts. So here's the story from Politico today. California has now added Florida and four other states to its official travel ban list. After Attorney General Rob Bonta said on Monday, the states passed anti-LGBTQ laws that are, quote unquote, directly targeting transgender youth. So in other words, if you work for the state of California and you need to travel to Florida on business, you no longer can on the state dime because Florida passed a law saying that boys should not go in girls' locker rooms. This is how polarized our political debate has become. We've become two countries on nearly every issue of the day, from the most major to the most minor. And it is most true, culturally speaking. Economically speaking, there's a fair bit of crossover between people who want bigger spending programs or who want higher taxes. There are people on the populist right who want bigger spending programs, just directed at their constituents, and people on the left who want the same sort of thing. Economically, 
shockingly. There are disagreements, but there's more sort of common ground for possible consensus when it comes to economics than there is with regard to cultural issues, which is why California is now launching this travel ban on the basis of laws that are supposedly, quote unquote, anti-transgender, when what they are really doing is enshrining the ability for women to have their own locker rooms, for example. The announcement, which came at a press conference on the 52nd anniversary of the Stonewall riots, means that California is now banning state-funded travel to 17 states based on a 2016 law. Bonta announced that Arkansas, Montana, North Dakota, and West Virginia have now joined Florida as the newest states on the list. Bonta said California must take action to avoid supporting or financing discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. Now, if California wished to take this to its logical extreme, California would stop investing in any company that does business in these states. You'd get full-scale boycott and divestment from companies that exist in these other states. Maybe tariffs against those other states, right? Which, of course, would violate the Privileges and Immunities Clause of the United States Constitution, which leaves all of this in federal hands. Five years ago, California prohibited most taxpayer-funded travel to states deemed to have passed laws that discriminate against LGBTQ people. Assembly Bill 1887 was prompted by an outrage in California over a North Carolina law that required people to use public bathrooms based on the sex shown on their birth certificate. Now, you may ask yourself, what exactly does California have to say about that? That's the whole point. California doesn't merely wish to live as California wishes to live. California wishes North Carolina to do what it wants or there will be consequences. You notice that North Carolina has not banned travel to California. Florida has not banned travel to California. The discrimination and the authoritarianism only run one way. Before Bonta's announcement on Monday, 12 other states were already on the California ban list. Alabama, Idaho, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas. You may notice something that these states have in common. They're all red. The law has limited exemptions, such as travel necessary to enforce California laws, participate in litigation, or protect public health. College teams are now forced to use private funding in order to travel to these states to participate in athletic competition. And so if UCLA wants to play University of Alabama, well, then they have to somehow get private donations in order to travel. The human rights campaign has been pushing this. The human rights campaign is a radical pro-LGBTQ group. They say that 2021 has been a record-breaking year for anti-LGBTQ and anti-transgender legislation. Okay, understand, the legislation that is being passed is not anti-LGBTQ. It's not anti-transgender. It protects women who are biologically women. End of story. But again, California has been engaged in this battle against red states for quite a while. And you know what's happening? Red citizens in blue states are just leaving. They are realizing that the next target is going to be them. They are realizing, as I realized with my family, that we didn't just move because of the taxes from California. We moved from California to Florida because we don't want to live under the purview of authoritarian, small-minded bigots who believe that religious lifestyles need to be banned in order to facilitate the great social left-wing movement, which is what is going to happen in California. If you believe that the sort of discrimination they are now attempting to, to push down on Oklahoma and North Carolina and Florida doesn't apply to their citizens within their own borders, you got another think coming. Assembly member Evan Lowe, Democrat of Campbell, chair of the California Legislative LGBTQ Caucus, said it's important for our state to send a strong message he said the list expansion also sends a message to state workers they will not be required to travel to states discriminating against LGBTQ and trans youth, where our, quote, opponents are motivated by fear and hate. Okay, so the country is pretty obviously coming apart at the seams. We are engaged in what I will call a cold civil war. But it's not a hot civil war because, again, nobody's firing guns at each other. But it is a cold civil war. And it is a cold civil war only because the federal government has not been able to actually use its power to cram down California on Florida. And that's going to be the great battle of the future. There's a, a sort of bumper sticker that's been going around in Florida 
because Governor Ron DeSantis is, is very popular here. Florida has gotten a lot redder, even it has gotten demographically browner, which is kind of an amazing rebuttal to the left-wing notion that demographics are destiny. So there's this bumper sticker that's been going around, which is make America Florida. There's another one going around, don't California, my Florida. Well, if America were more like Florida, what that would mean is that Californians get to live as they wish to live. It would also mean that Floridians get to live as they wish to live. If Florida were to become more like California, that would be because the federal government is cramming down a particular set of standards and practices on Floridians that they do not want. Only one direction is this authoritarian. I saw yesterday that there are a lot of people on the left who are bizarrely surprised at the fact that Clarence Thomas, the most conservative justice on the Supreme Court, had made statements about how the federal government really should not be in the business of regulating marijuana. I'm not sure why they're so, so surprised by that. That's been Clarence Thomas's position for quite a while. I'm not sure why there are so many people surprised by this. National Review has been in favor of decriminalizing marijuana use for decades at this point. Why? Because if you are on the right, one of the things that you rely upon to maintain the ability to live a liberty-driven lifestyle is more libertarian perspective on government. The left does not have any such compunction. The left deeply desires to cram down its own worldview on everybody else. So understand, when we talk about a cold civil war, this is not an even-handed civil war in which both sides want similar things from the other side. Very much the opposite. The right typically wants to be left alone, and the left does not want to leave the right alone. And you can see this. You can see the country coming apart on every major and minor issue of the day, particularly on social issues. If you see the map getting more polarized, that is because the social left has been on the march. It's not the economic left. Yes, Obamacare made a difference, but Obamacare was not the great breaking point in the United States. The great breaking point in the United States was the recapitulation of American politics in terms of radical social policy that alienated the entire middle of the country. And it continues apace. So when the, when the left says, why are you paying attention to social issues? The answer is because we see what you are coming to do. We see what you want from us. Okay, so to take an example, okay, let's talk about the issue of race in the United States. Okay, so in order for us to live in a common polity, we have to understand certain basic agreements, right? Even if you believe in a sort of federalist perspective, in a libertarian perspective, there have to be certain basic premises, which is that we all share a country for a reason and that the country is rooted in some fundamental good. If you believe that the country is fundamentally bad and wrong and it needs to be completely remade, particularly along authoritarian lines, well, that is going to lead to conflict. Well, half the country cheers that second perspective at this point, right? Which is why you see Gwen Berry making national news. We now live in a country where you become more rich and more famous for boycotting the national anthem than you do for simply standing up for the national anthem. In baseball in the 1970s, there's this very famous circumstance where Rick Monday, who was an outfielder at the time for the Chicago Cubs, it was at Wrigley Field, and Rick Monday went and, uh, and grabbed, a, there was a guy trying to, he ran onto the field, he was trying to burn an American flag. Rick Monday came over and, and grabbed the American flag away from him, and he was cheered for this. Today, the player himself would be lighting the American flag on fire in the outfield, and the media would be cheering for him. So Gwen Berry has made international headlines because at the Olympic trials, she decided to turn her face away from the flag and to make faces during the national anthem and then to post about what a courageous fighter she was. The reason why we are all paying attention to you, Gwen Berry, is because you want us to pay attention to you. You want the attention. The quick path to fame and riches in the United States is to crap all over the flag, not to pay attention to the flag. Being patriotic is considered rote and hackneyed burning the flag is considered forward-thinking and wonderful by at least half the country, which means there can't be any sort of unified polity. There have to be some things that we agree on on a broad level. And by the way, if you're if you are representing the United States in, for example, the Pan American Games, as Gwen Berry did, right? She, she did in 2019, and she got in hot water with the International Olympic Committee, the, the United States Olympic Committee, specifically because she decided that she was going to 
raise her fist during the national anthem in protest of something or other. And, um, and then the New York Times gave her space, right? Because that is how this works. So she's been attempting to get attention for this sort of stuff for, for quite a while, despite the fact that Gwen Berry has lived a pretty amazing life in the United States, as it turns out. Gwen Berry grew up in her grandparents' home. There were 13 people in the home, in her grandmother's home. And then she had a baby out of wedlock at the age of 15, got a scholarship to go to Southern Illinois University, and she's made a career ever since throwing a hammer. That's kind of an amazing thing in the United States, right? You don't hear a lot of stories like that in other places, but the utter ingratitude is the point. So here is Gwen Berry speaking to the New York Times. This is just about a year ago, talking about how cruel it was that people were angry at her for protesting the American flag and the national anthem, again, while voluntarily joining a team to represent the United States. We're not talking about a regular, even Colin Kaepernick playing for an NFL team and deciding he doesn't like the national anthem like adults. We're talking about somebody whose overt job is to represent the United States, and we're supposed to cheer them when they crap all over the United States. And the New York Times thinks that this is great. Here was Gwen Berry talking about this just last year. So last summer at the Pan American Games, I threw 74 meters and I won gold. I remember the medal was so heavy and so real. I was excited. I was nervous. In that moment when the national anthem was playing, I knew that the national anthem did not speak for people like me in America. The freedom, liberty, and justice for all, it is not for black people. Something came over me. I raised my fist. I felt like I was not at peace with myself if I had not said something or did something in that moment. Okay, let, let's point out something. She says that the national anthem and the flag are not for her. She is literally sitting there wearing a shirt that says United States Pan-American team with the American flag on it. Weird. Weird how you're very happy to take the notoriety associated with representing the United States and then to crap all over the national anthem and the American flag. But this has become mainstream thinking on the left. Okay, they, they cannot offend people who wish to tear away any common symbol of the United States. Again, I'm all for diversity of viewpoint. She has a right to protest. She does. She doesn't have a right to, to protest while representing the United States, per se, because that's a weird thing. It's like, as Charles Cook of the National Review suggested, it's like saying that you're going to play for the New York Yankees, you get signed by the New York Yankees, you sign the contract, and the first thing you say is, I'm never wearing pinstripes. I'm only wearing a red uniform. Like, well, no, that's not how any of this works. But in the United States, free country, she can say whatever she wants. If we are to have a common polity, however, there has to be certain basic agreements on certain things. Like, you don't get to invade. You know, other people's individual rights, so her rights are not being evaded. Also, we should have a baseline level of social agreement that there are some common symbols that carry some sort of sacred unity representing those rights. But we don't want to unify over all that. So you have Jen Psaki from the White House defending this sort of stuff. I haven't spoken to the president specifically about this, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American uh, and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our men and women serving in uniform all around the world. He would also say, of course, that part of that pride in our country means recognizing there are moments where we are, as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, and it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. Well, of course, we respect the right of people to peacefully protest. It doesn't mean you're not an idiot, depending on how you protest. But again, this is Gwen Berry knows where, what the math is here. She knows that she's going to get rich and famous off of this. Nobody heard of her yesterday. Everybody's heard of her today. It's that simple. An unhealthy country is one that celebrates people who spend their day tearing down the country while purportedly representing the country. That is not a particularly good thing. All these cultural issues matter. They do, especially because the kind of idea that America is inherently bad will be crammed down on your kids, right? It's not as though this is a, a, a everybody has their own perspective game. People in the United States government right now in the educational system wish to push 
you to believe all the same sort of stuff. They wish to teach the 1619 Project in schools. They wish your kids to be indoctrinated in this sort of nonsense ideology in college. Corporations mirror this sort of stuff, right? That is a dangerous thing in the United States because this is a battle for power. It is. And it turns out the people who respect the American flag the most are also the ones who are basically going to be okay with people in the private sphere doing what exactly Gwenberry does. And again, I'm fine with that on a, on a basic kind of dissent level. But the people who do what Gwenberry does in control of power are going to be very intolerant of anybody having a pro-America viewpoint. There's a bit of a zero-sum game going on here. We'll get to more of this with regard to race in just one second. First, let us talk about the simple fact that right now you need to know what's going on on your property. There are a thousand reasons why protecting my home matters to me. If somebody stops by or something is going on outdoors around my house, Ring will let me know. It's peace of mind anytime knowing my home is protected. At my house, I can keep an eye on every corner of the house with Ring's easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. To get Ring Alarm for yourself, go to ring.com slash Ben. It is the perfect way to start your Ring experience. Besides Ring being a powerful asset for my home, Ring is also an affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. It's never been more important to be able to see who's there or what's happening anytime around the house, inside or outside. I see it all in one simple app. That's right, with Ring, my family and I can keep an eye on our home no matter where we are right from our phone. It's great to know you're never going to miss a visitor with Ring's hassle-free, easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams and know when those packages are delivered. Start protecting your home today with Ring Alarm. Go to ring.com slash Ben. Get your Ring Alarm security kit today. You can build the system that's right for your home and have it up and running in just minutes. That is ring.com slash Ben. Once more, Ring. Dot com slash Ben. Again, that is ring.com slash Ben. And go check out the Ring Alarm security kit today. We use it at our house to make sure that our kids are safe and secure. You will end up doing the same. Check them out right now. Ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so it is not just Gwen Berry and her silly idiocy with regard to protesting the national anthem while representing the United States. That is indicative of the cultural battle we find ourselves in. It is the fact that, again, institutions of power agree with Gwen Berry. Institutions of power are cramming down their notions of America as an evil country on the rest of the country, which is why you have Princeton University declaring itself racist and now boasting that their new class is 68% people of color after waiving their SAT score requirement. According to Daily Wire, Chrissy Clark reporting, the Ivy League institution announced in April it admitted almost 1,500 students for the class of 2025. A full 22% of admitted students are first-generation college students, 68% self-identify as quote-unquote people of color. Now, the problem is that this, to them, is the only metric as to whether they have done something good or bad. In order to achieve 68% people of color, apparently, they had to get rid of all of their objective metrics of academic performance. The record number of racial minority admittees comes after the school removed its standardized testing requirement, citing a quote-unquote lack of access to testing sites. Students were allowed to submit their standardized test scores, although they allegedly played a limited role in the admissions process. It is not a coincidence that that literally the year you got rid of all the standardized testing, suddenly 68% of the incoming class is minority. Now, I still want to know how many of those people are Asian, because according to the admissions officials, Asians don't count as minorities for purposes of college admissions. But the the zero-sum game that is a college admission slot, how how that gets put out, yeah, how that gets filled is largely dependent on whether you believe in individual rights and individual performance or whether you believe in, quote unquote, social justice and groupthink. And it is pretty clear that the institutions of our society have decided once again to cram down on the American people particular perceptions of how things should work. And this is happening at the federal government level, too. Right. This is why you have the federal Department of Justice now telling Georgia that it cannot construct its voting laws how Georgia wishes to construct its voting laws and calling them racist in the process. 
Again, this is all part and parcel of a left attempting to seize the commanding heights of power in authoritarian fashion and shut down opposition. Meanwhile, claiming that it's the right trying to shut down opposition. There is a difference in kind between the Department of Justice, for example, attempting to shut down Georgia's voting laws and people criticizing with no real effect Gwen Berry. Not the same thing at all. Okay, and yet that is exactly what the Department of Justice is doing. The Department of Justice is now suing Georgia. The Georgia Attorney General, a guy named Christopher Curry, says this is blatantly political, which of course it is. This is just a blatantly political lawsuit. But I've said it's not a lawsuit. It's a campaign flyer. The Department of Justice is simply playing politics. They are not upholding the rule of law. And, and, and this blatantly political action taken by the United States Department of Justice is factually, legally, and constitutionally wrong. Anybody who will actually read the Georgia law sees it strengthens security, it expands access, and it improves transparency. And that's why we will be successful defending this uh, particular action, as we will the other seven. Okay, and uh, again, what this is indicative of is that we are two countries in terms of our, our mentality with regard to race. On the one side, we have people who believe that race is a, is a characteristic that really ought make no difference in how we treat people individually. On the other side, there's a group of people who believe race is the only important thing in how we treat people both individually and institutionally. And the people on the second side wish to militarize all the weapons of the United States government and our institutional culture in order to cram down that point of view on everyone who disagrees. That is just one indicator of our cultural civil war. Okay, meanwhile, another part of our cultural civil war remains sexual politics. So remember, we have one half of the country that believes with regard to race and this sort of racially radical viewpoint that we get to cram down on you social justice woke prescriptions for inequality of outcome. Another group of people who say, let's hold true to certain founding ideals that everybody ought to be treated as an individual, as the Declaration of Independence suggests. And then when it comes to sexual politics, there's a group of people who say that unless you abide by our sexual standards, we are going to shut it down. Unless you abide by our sexual standards, we are going to use the power of the government to shut you down. It's, it's a new woke puritanism. Right? And it is indicated by the, again, state of California banning travel to states that do not think like the state of California does, that men can be women and women can be men. And now you have the greatest institutions of our society promoting this idea, right? Down to the most minor institutions in our society promoting the ideals of sexual liberationism from the 1960s as the new dominant culture. Okay, well, when it comes, so for example, the Supreme Court just refused to take a case, refused to take a case with regard to whether a trans student must be allowed to use the opposite sex bathroom. So you have a boy who says he's a girl. Can he now use the girl's bathroom? Thanks to Justice Gorsuch and his ridiculous decision in Bostock, thanks to that particularly idiotic decision, which suggested the Civil Rights Act of 1964 somehow magically covers people who believe they are members of the other sex, which is just an absurdity on its face. I mean, it's an absurdity on its face. Because of that, the Supreme Court has now declined to take up whether or not women are allowed to have separate spaces, whether women can, for example, have their own locker rooms free of a male walking in and dangling his junk. Half the country thinks it is absolutely unthinkable you should have any regulations protecting biological women, whether it is in sports, whether it is in locker rooms, or whether it is in any other area of American life. And the predictable effect of this, of course, is discrimination against women. And now there's a case to be made, again, on a libertarian level, that if you, a private business owner, want to have single sex bathrooms, or if you want to have these policies in your locker room, then you can have those policies in your locker room. You know, free Freedom for all. But there is very little case that you should be able to use the commanding heights of institutional and cultural power 
in order to leverage Americans who disagree with you into being discriminated against in places that they frequent, which is exactly what is happening. Right? Take, for example, what is going on in L.A. Right? You, you, you want to know why exactly there are people in Florida who are worried about social issues in L.A.? It's because they know that California would like to extend the dominance of this ideology into Florida. And so, for example, th- this is a, a locker room controversy at a spa in L.A. in Los Angeles. Uh, there's a Los Angeles spa. It's called the We Spa. And an outraged woman, an, a biological woman who happens to be minority, apparently, she walks up to the desk and she says, I'm in there with young little girls in the spa and there is a man walking around with his junk hanging out. And the spa insists that this is no problem because, of course, the man identifies as a woman. Here's a little bit of the video. I just want to be clear with you. It's okay. It's okay for a man to go into the women's section, show his penis around the other women, young little girls under age. Your spa, we spa, condone that. Is that what you're saying? Like I asked. It's so he so he could stay there. He could stay there. What sexual orientation? I see a. It lets me know he's a man. He he's a man. Okay, but there's an entire wing of American public life that says not only is he not a man. This woman is a bigot for saying that a man walking around a spa with his junk hanging out is a woman, right? If you say that 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 that, that man is not a woman, you are the bigot. She's the bigot. I mean, these are social issues that have dramatic ramifications because it is coming for you. It is coming for your business. It is coming for your religious life. It is coming for your school. The left has made this absolutely apparent and not just on the governmental level, right? Using anti-discrimination laws in order to cram down this bizarre version of human logic in which men can become women and women can become men. An unprecedented notion in all of human logic or history or biology or physics or any other field of human endeavor. It is institutions who have socially taken up the cause because they understand that the left is pushing for control. And the right has been backfooted on this stuff. They've been wrongfooted for years and years and years. The right has been told, you know, why are you focusing on those social issues? If you just leave the social issues off the table, because that's the contentious stuff, then focus in on economics. That's where you guys are going to win. You're going to win supporters when it comes to lower taxes and lower spending. It is precisely the opposite. If you look at the Trump coalition, the Trump coalition was largely rooted in cultural concerns, not in economic concerns. And those cultural concerns grow more grave every single day because there is one group that is on the march and one group that simply seeks to preserve its own perspective on life, which happens to be rooted in reality and biology and natural law. Again, people on the right are not making the case, per se, that a private business in Los Angeles doesn't have the ability to have single-sex locker rooms. They're saying, you don't get to leverage that idea on me. The left has no such limitations on its own ambitions here. And the cultural institutions of our day are seeking to cram down values that have literally nothing to do with their core businesses on everybody else. Remember, we don't just live in a governmental sphere or laws and regulations. We live in a cultural sphere. So it does make a difference what your kids watch on TV. It does make a difference what major corporations are attempting to leverage down on your kids. When you walk into a Target and Fruit Loops is selling gay pride month paraphernalia to your five-year-old, right, and that's what it's directed at, well, that has an impact on how your kid thinks. And to pretend that it doesn't is to ignore what time it is. It is to ignore what is going on in the world. Okay, this is why parents are attempting to guard their children. It's why parents are saying, you know, we just want to be left alone, but you will not leave us alone. And by the way, if forced to it, if forced to the confrontation, the cold civil war that is currently happening will continue to heat up. 
there will just be a struggle for who gets to control everybody else. There will not be any broad-based agreement on classical liberalism where you get to do what, what you want to do and I get to do what I want to do. Right? If the left pushes too hard, they're not going to get classical liberals in response. They're going to get people on the right who react by saying, okay, well, we will take control of the commanding heights and now we will use our leverage to press our own political viewpoints into law. We will attempt to cram down on you what it is that we want, not even on a state or local level. We want, and, and not even with regard to public funded enterprise. We'll do it with regard to private funded enterprise. They are the, the left's radicalism and, and deep willingness to renormalize institutions to weaponize against people they don't like is going to result in a backlash that is going to be far uglier than what the left thinks is going to happen next. And it does come down to things like what you see in your daily life pissing you off, right? It does come down to things like the NFL, for example, putting out full-scale commercials saying football is gay. Okay, now let's be real about this. Football is football. It's not gay. It's not straight. Football is just football. The hell does the NFL have to say about sexual politics? When you turn on a game, typically it's because you wish to watch people play football, not because you wish to watch the NFL socially message about any particular social issue, whether you're talking about hands up, don't shoot, which was a lie, or whether you're talking about homosexuality in politics. And yet this is what the NFL is pushing because they feel the cultural momentum from the left. What they don't understand is sooner or later, there's going to be a backlash and it's going to be quite ugly against a lot of the same institutions that have been renormalized on behalf of radicals. Most Americans have been apathetic about these sorts of issues. The harder the left pushes, the more the backlash is going to be. The greater the backlash, is, the more polarized the country becomes. There is no apathetic middle anymore. You will not be allowed to be apathetic. You will not be allowed to say things like, I don't care what the NFL sexual politics is. I just want to watch football. That in and of itself will be evidence of your discriminatory nature. Here's the NFL ad. It says football is gay. Hmm, interesting. Football is lesbian. Football is beautiful. Football is queer. It's life's exciting. It's transgender. It's bisexual. Football is freedom. Football is American. Football is accepting. Football is everything. Well, it, it isn't. Football is everything for everyone, except if you happen not to believe in the morality of particular sexual behavior. If you believe in traditional natural law morality with regard to sex, football is apparently not for you. If you believe in going to church and you actually read the Bible, apparently football is not for you. When they say football is for everyone, they mean everyone will be forced to agree with us and then football will be for everyone. In the same way that Joe Biden suggested that he was going to pursue a new unity. And I said at the time, does he mean unity while acknowledging the, the possibility that people disagree with him? Or does he mean unity and that he is going to cram down a unified agenda on everyone, regardless of whether they agree? And it became pretty obvious pretty clearly and pretty fast that he meant the latter. Right? Okay, and, and you can see it, it. All of this is manifesting in every area of American life simultaneously. Every area of American life has become polarized in our new Cold Civil War. We'll get to more of that in just one second. First, let us talk about a simple fact. If you need a great night's sleep, you really need a personalized mattress. You can't just go down to the big box mattress store. You lie on the mattress for two seconds. You're like, oh, this is the one for me. And then six weeks later, you're creaking because the bed is just hurting you and it's terrible. Instead, why not get a mattress made just for you? Check out Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So, if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your door ship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to Helix Sleep. 
sleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you absolutely will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben right now. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash Ben right now. Go check them out. And again, you get 200 bucks off your mattress order when you do. All righty. In just one second, we'll get to more on our polarized Cold Civil War. First, if you're looking for an excellent historical documentary that gives you an in-depth and uncensored look into the life of an American hero, I have excellent news for you. The Daily Wire, read your mind. We've added created equal to our queue. The film tells the story of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, the most important justice of the last half century, and his journey from the segregated South to the highest court in the land and the attempts of the left to destroy him and then to essentially say that he never existed. The documentary is only available to Daily Wire members. If you want more stories that diverge from the accepted political narrative, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Get 20% off your new membership with code JUSTICE. As you'll recall, Amazon decided it would be an excellent time to get rid of the film last February in the middle of Black History Month, of course, which makes perfect sense since Clarice Thomas is um, the second black American to be on the Supreme Court and the first conservative black American. But the Daily Wire has now made the documentary available for you. You should go check it out right now. It's great. Your kids should watch it. It's available to members at dailywire.com. If you're not yet a Daily Wire member, join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe with code justice for 20% off your membership and get ready for a film unlike any other. Once you remember, be sure to check out all of our other excellent content. We've got Candace with Candace Owens, our first film run, Hide Fight, or my new series, Debunked, where I debunk left to Smiths in 15 minutes or less. You can get all of that and more on demand by going to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Check out with 20% off using code JUSTICE. Don't wait. Start streaming today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. America isn't just coming apart around very contentious issues like sexual behavior, or race, America's coming apart around issues that theoretically should be apolitical. I mean, the simple fact of the matter is that COVID should have been a very apolitical space, right? It is a basic health issue, and it should have been apolitical. It quickly became political, and it became political because opposing Donald Trump became a sign of absolute virtue. And this continues today to the point where people are just delusional. I mean, it's absolutely wild. you, You have a poll out today, okay? And the poll shows that 57% of Republicans think the pandemic is over compared to 4% of Democrats, 4% of Democrats. Now, the answer to whether the pandemic is over is whether it is over for you. If you are vaccinated, the pandemic is over, okay? If you are 20, the pandemic was never really a thing that you had to worry about too much because you were 20 and you weren't going to die. Okay, if you were 65 or over, the pandemic remains a thing. If you are unvaccinated, it is not a thing if you are vaccinated. In other words, if what you mean is Should the United States be engaging in broad-based public policy rooted in the notion that this pandemic represents a threat to the American way of life? Absolutely not. We are past that. Everyone, every adult in the United States, all the way down to teenagers, has now had the ability and the opportunity to get a vaccine. If you don't get a vaccine, that one's on you. So is the pandemic over? The answer on a public policy level is pretty obviously yes. Okay, but Democrats, 4% of Democrats think it's over. 4%. 4. Okay, as opposed to 57% of Republicans. Why did it break down this way? And the answer is, there's a group of people in the United States who largely populate the coast who believe that they feel more secure in the swaddling blanket of a government that tells them what to do. This is why the right is worried, guys, because you who are very comfortable with the swaddling blankets of government don't just wish to swaddle yourselves in that blanket. You wish to mandate that everybody else swaddle in the blanket as well. You wish to mandate that your level of comfort and, and social acceptability be promoted by government and corporations. 
That's what you want. People on the right, I've always been a little bit bewildered by the fact that there are some people on the right who are deeply upset when people continue to wear masks. If you want to wear a mask, that's your problem. If you're suggesting that you are more virtuous because you're wearing a mask, now you're just being an idiot. Okay, because the reality is if you're masked and you're outdoors and you're vaccinated, you're like a triple idiot. Okay, so first, thanks for getting the vaccine. Also, you shouldn't be masked anywhere, let alone outdoors, let alone thinking you're more virtuous for doing all those things. Okay, and yet the left has full scale embraced all of this. The left continues to embrace the idea that the swaddling blankets of government are not only necessary, but you should be mandated to follow what the government tells you to do even after we've had the opportunity to get the vaccine. Now, I'm a big fan of vaccines. I'm not objecting to public schools suggesting that kids have to have MMR vaccines before they go to school. I get it because the reality is that the deadliness of MMR is fairly significant for children. And not only that, it is highly contagious. I get all of that. And yet we have this notion now that COVID ought to be treated the same way that MMR is. Okay, that's ridiculous, especially because unlike measles, mumps, rubella, pertussis, for example, unlike those particular diseases, the vaccines with regard to COVID are so unbelievably effective that once you have had the vaccine, your chances of dying from COVID are basically nil. I mean, we're talking like infinitesimally small. And yet 4% of Democrats think that the the pandemic is over. The rest, 96% of Democrats still think not only that the pandemic is on, but presumably that it's a public policy issue. Over the span of the pandemic, according to Newsweek, more Republicans than Democrats have questioned the seriousness of the COVID-19 virus, likely following the lead of former President Donald Trump. But this, of course, is the point. Okay, all the stats were available from the very beginning. We read you stat on stat, day on day. I mean, we took the pandemic very seriously here on the show. I would read you the death statistics every day. I would read the infection statistics every day. I would read you the infection fatality rate every day, which differentiated from the case fatality rate because a lot of cases were not, in fact, being diagnosed. We talked with scientists. We talked to epidemiologists. We talked to doctors. We talked to all those people throughout the show. You were getting the best information. You were, if you listen to the show. And we were very realistic about what the risks were and how they differentiated based on pre-existing health condition and age. So when I say that everyone's had the opportunity to get the vaccine, understand this is not coming from somebody who never believed that COVID was a threat. We were very clear on what COVID was and to whom it was a threat. 4% and not only 4%, they want the cram down. That's the key. You want to live in a bubble the rest of your life? That would be your problem, except it is not just your problem. You are making it everyone's problem in the same way that the left with regard to sexual politics. If you want as an adult to identify as a member of the opposite sex, you can do whatever you want. It's a free country. You don't have the ability to cram down on me what I ought to think of you because that's a violation of free thought and free speech and free association. But you can live however you want and bear the consequences of that. But it's not enough. Right? The idea is that if I want to live in a certain way, everybody has to live in that way. Right? This is the authoritarian left at work. I have a book, The Authoritarian Moment, about the renormalization of America's institutions on this basis. That is what we are watching. And it's particularly obvious when it comes to COVID because you can see people weaponizing the government against people who disagree. Again, it, what, what's amazing about that is that Joe Biden has been saying basically the pandemic is over. Right? Joe Biden can't even buy it back. It's too late for Joe Biden. He tried to buy it back. He, he kept saying the pandemic was still on. And now when the pandemic is pretty clearly over for the vast majority of the United States, except for some unvaccinated areas where, again, it's over in the sense that it's your job to get a vaccine. If you don't want it, your problem now. People still refuse to accept. It's unreal. And so, for example, you have the specter of Los Angeles's county health department saying that everyone, regardless of vaccination status, should mask up in indoor public spaces right now, right now in L.A., Okay, two weeks ago, California lifted its mask mandate for vaccinated people in accordance with the CDC guidelines and the, the vaunted CDC. 
But now L.A. County is saying, no, 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 because of the Delta variant, we want you to remask up in public places. I mean, this is insanity. People are addicted to government control. They like the government control. Why? Because it allows for the possibility that you are going to be able to control other people. You are a virtuous person because you are now one of the, the government's choice associates and you get to cram down on everybody else. Things like the, the allure of power is pretty striking. By the way, how many cases were diagnosed? What is the, here's the seven-day average. The seven-day average of L.A. County. Okay, the, the population of L.A. County at last count is 10 million people. Okay, that is the population of L.A. County. The, the seven-day running average of diagnosed COVID-19 cases, according to the New York Times, is 243 out of 10 million people, 10 million people. Okay, at the height of this thing in LA County, like in December, you were getting seven-day rolling averages of 14, 15,000 cases a day. You were down to 243 cases, the lowest essentially since the beginning of the pandemic. And yet LA County's like, you know what? Delta variant mask up again. And people love it. They want it. Because in the end, they don't just want to control themselves. You can control yourself easily. Just put on a mask and do what you want. You want to control other people. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, does it make sense that a single company controls 90% of all internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between you and your online activity and the people who exploit that online activity. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, Video you watch or message you send gets tracked and data mined. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, their software hides your IP address. This is something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. ExpressVPN does all of that without slowing your connection. What I like most about ExpressVPN, it's really easy to use. Download that app on your computer or phone, tap one button, you are now protected. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me safe online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Ben right now to learn more. This is why the New York Times is a piece by Aaron Carroll suggesting it's time for the United States to now engage in vaccine mandates. It doesn't matter that the vaccines are extraordinarily effective and that once you have been vaccinated, you pretty much don't have to worry whether anybody else has. It is your business now. Dr. Carroll is the chief health officer for Indiana University. And he says that now it's time to create a stick to compel people to get the vaccine. Now, again, I'm a huge fan of the vaccine. But the notion here is that, that the government gets to cram down on you whether or not to get a vaccine that, again, if you get it, insures you, and if you don't, is your problem, is pretty wild. And it does come down to an ideology of control. Says Dr. Carroll, the mRNA vaccines made by Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech will likely get full approval for use from the FDA soon, which may be necessary for broader vaccine mandates. Although the vaccines are already known to be safe and effective, after being given to hundreds of millions of people with full approval, more groups will begin mandating their employees get vaccinated. It's unlikely the United States can overcome the pandemic without such actions. Really, it's unlikely that we can overcome the pandemic without such actions. Very strange, because I am looking at the United States COVID numbers as of like right now. Okay, the number of new cases diagnosed in the United States yesterday was 6,771 in a population of 330 million people. We didn't have mandates, so what the hell happened? It is, it is astonishing the level to which people not only want to 
exercise control, but control others. Okay, the, the, the country, when we say that the country is now engaged in a great split, this is what we mean. And the split is not even-handed. There are people who want to live how they want, and then there are people who want to control how other people live. And this is completely reversed. The left's case in the 1960s is that these evil right-wing theocrats wanted to control what you did in your bedroom and what kind of drugs you took and how you lived your life. Okay, the, the people who are now interested in controlling every aspect of your life, how your workplace is, whom you associate with, what kind of church you go to, how your children are raised, whether you ought to be a parent or not, these people exist on the left. And they wish to cram down that vision on everybody else. And the more they cram it down, again, I keep saying it, but it's real. The harsher the blowback's going to be. The response is not going to be the classically liberal response of everybody go his own way, wave your fist unless you hit somebody else in the face. The response is going to be, if you insist on grabbing that gun, I will grab the gun from you and I will use it against you. That will be the response and it will be quite ugly. Okay, and that, that does bring us to a fairly incredible story. So Tucker Carlson mentioned last night on his show that a whistleblower at the NSA is saying that the federal government is now spying on him. Now, I've noticed that the media are very upset when Republicans spy on Democrats as well they should be. They seem far less upset when, uh, when Tucker Carlson is, uh, is targeted, apparently, by the NSA. I mean, at the very least, wouldn't this require further investigation? Here is Tucker last night. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen, and in this case, they did happen. Okay, so should there be a congressional investigation on that? Of course. And should there be bipartisan support for the notion that the NSA doesn't get to spy on political opponents? Of course. I have a feeling the left, which is which is very, very upset at any criticism of left-wing journalists, a threat to journalism as a whole, uh, we'll see how many of them are actually interested or concerned about all of this, even if it turns out that Tucker is absolutely right. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content coming up soon. Is The Matt Wall Show. It airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Host producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. A woman encounters a naked man in the women's locker room and then does what so many others these days refuses to do. She objects loudly and publicly. Tucker Carlson also reveals that the NSA is spying on him. A majority of the quote-unquote conservative justices on the Supreme Court refuse to take up a case dealing with the trans bathroom issue. A Daily Beast reporter reveals his utter horror at the sight of families eating meals together at restaurants. And a brave white British man comes out as a non-binary Korean. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, 
Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 